saved this morning? Amen. I know I am. Pastor Strong? Thank you, Mr. Harden. If you would this morning, turn your Bibles, please, begin with in Matthew 27. Matthew 27, find that, and then find Luke chapter 16. I would find it now because it's important, those two passages of Scripture. I want to be comparing some things. I want you to notice some things that I learned this week. I believe it will be a blessing to you. The one thing I want everybody to understand before we get started reading is that we're all sinners and everybody's going to one or two places. You're either going to heaven when you die or else you're going to hell when you die. Now, there's no getting out of it. What I want you to see this morning is that the Bible says that sin has consequences to it. Sin bringeth forth death. And sin bringeth forth the wrath of God upon human beings. Now, here's a truth that's taught in the Bible. Either you're going to have to suffer the consequences of your sins in your own body, or else you're going to have to have somebody else to do it for you. But somebody is going to pay for your sins. Now, when I was 26 years old, I made a decision I wanted Jesus to suffer my sins. You say, that's selfish, preacher. No. I, I know that I cannot pay for my sins. I need somebody else to do it for me. And I found out if I don't get Jesus to pay for my sins, then if I die in my sins, I'm going to have to pay for them. What I want to show you this morning by making two comparisons is that Calvary is a sinner's hell in review. And if you will, please, turn with me to Matthew chapter 27. I want to begin to read in verse 45. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Samus the Bathia, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, This man calls for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Uh, pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in these next few moments now that you help us to get all thoughts of the world out of our mind. Help us to consecrate, concentrate on the Lord Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now turn with me, please. Keep these thoughts in mind. Turn with me now to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. It's a very familiar portion of Scripture. I believe everybody knows the story. But I'll read it to you again, beginning in verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores 
and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dog came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the... Uh, may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this between you between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so they which would pass from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he saith unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You know what this man is saying? He is saying, I, Let me see a miracle, and I'll believe in God. Let me see somebody raised from the dead. Let me see somebody come back from the dead, and then I'll believe God. But you know what the Bible says that he answered him? You have the Bible. You have the Word of God. You have Abraham and the prophet. That's the Bible. If you won't hear the Bible, you won't hear if somebody rose from the dead. And uh, I laugh at people all the time that wants to see some miracle of light come on or, or something great happen, and then they'll believe. No, you won't. If you won't believe in the simplicity of the Word of God, you won't believe at all. Now, uh, I want you to watch this. One of the blessed truths in the Bible is given to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 and verse 21. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespass unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. For I has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of him, in, of God in him. Now, in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31, God gives us a preview of the sinner's hell. And if you'll study the sufferings of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, you'll see the sufferings of this sufferings of hell of the rich man received is a record, a record of, of Luke chapter 16. Number one, Jesus suffered the agony of separation. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 46. Jesus died alone, being separated from the face of his Father. The only time in the New Testament Jesus addressed his Father as, My God is here. Why? Because his Heavenly Father is now a God of judgment upon the Son. In Luke 16, verse 26, the great gulf separated a rich man from paradise. 
The government made it impossible for Abraham to offer relief and for the rich man to escape the fire of hell. I thank God I shall never be separated from God the Father. I thank God God shall never turn His face from me. Why? Because we are eternally made nigh by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know why did God the Father had to turn His back upon His Son hanging upon the cross because all of our sins hung upon the Lord Jesus Christ there in His body upon that cross. And God, holy God, cannot look upon sin. And therefore He had to turn His back upon... That's loneliness and separation. And we see that the rich man is a picture of that in Luke chapter 16. He was separated from the others that knew Him. Number two, Jesus suffered the agony of shame. He who knew no sin, that is the very Son of God. You think about this. The most righteous person that ever lived upon the face of this earth was the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. He had no sin in Him. He never thought a dirty thought, never done a dirty deed, never said a dirty word. He had no sin in Him. The very Son of God He who walked altogether holy in his earthly journey was stripped of all his clothing, hung naked before the gazing crowd uh, uh, there at the cross. But think of this. Sinners are naked before the searching eyes of God. Did you know every sinner I ever met thought that they could hide their sins from God? And listen to me. You might hide your sins from me, but you'll never hide your sin from God. My daddy used to tell me as a young man, and he didn't even know the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. But he used to tell me when I went out, when I was 16, 15 years old, he said, now remember something, son, there's an all seeing eye watching you. He said, I might not be around and watch you and tell you what to do, but he said, there's an all seeing eye watching you. You know what he was telling me? God's watching you. God watches you. God knows all about you. You think you can hide your sins from God? You stand naked before God just like the Lord Jesus Christ was hung on a cross naked. He knows everything you do. Think of all of this. Jesus was unclothed that I might be clothed upon with His righteousness. Jesus was put to shame that I might be assured of only the glory of eternal life. Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ and His cross covered all my sins. They have been washed away. They are removed from us as far as the east is from the west. Again, Luke chapter 16, verse 25 says, The rich man suffered shame once he fared sumptuously every day. But now, in hell, he's only suffering shame. But because Jesus suffered our shame on Calvary, only glory awaits us. Revelation chapter 7 verses 12 through 17 makes it very plain. One of these days I'm going to be in glory. One of these days I'm not going to suffer suffer sin anymore. No more death. No more shame. I'm going to have a glorified body in heaven. Amen. All because Jesus suffered this shame. Number three, Jesus suffered the agony of thirst. In John 19 verse 28, after this Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scriptures might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Jesus died thirsty. The only request Jesus made for Himself upon the cross was for a drink of water. 
and this was denied him. They offered vinegar instead. Yet Jesus said to the woman at the well, He that drinketh the water which I give unto him shall never thirst again. In Luke 16, verse 24, the rich man in hell had an unquenchable thirst. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But in spite of all his begging, no order was given. For all eternity, he'll still be thirsting for water. But thank God for Jesus Christ thirsting and dying on Calvary. Because of this, forever more, we shall be constantly drinking from the fountain that never shall run dry. Amen? I'll never thirst again. Jesus suffered the agony of darkness. Matthew 27, verse 45, 46 says, it is always, and think about this, it's always a dark day when the judgment of God is loosed upon sin and sinners. I go to hospitals. I go into homes. I get called every once in a while if somebody's committed suicide. I never will forget. I could tell you time and again, at least 10 people in the, since I've been preachers have committed suicide that people have called me to come to at the time they've committed suicide. And you talk about agony of soul. A mother called me one day and said, Preacher, please come. My son just shot himself right in the door of our home. And I got there he was still in on the threshold of his home. What are you going to say to a mother? What are you going to say to a daddy? What are you going to say to a family? Only God can soothe that. Amen? What darkness... Listen to me. The rich man in hell had an unquenchable thirst. And in spite of all his begging, he's never satisfied. But number four, Jesus suffered the agony of his darkness. The darkest day this world has ever seen was when God judged sin upon his son on the cross. Did you know the Bible says that darkness was all over the whole world when Jesus died upon the cross? You ever been in darkness? I never will forget the, I, I forgot what they call that thing up there in Tennessee, Nashville, where you go down uh, on Lookout Mountain, down in that cave, and uh, you go down in the lights, or you go down in there, you know, they got it all lit up, and you get down there, and I know me and my wife went there one time, and we walk in there, and they turn the lights out. You couldn't even see your hand before your face. That's how dark it was. Can you imagine living in that for eternity? All eternity? And yet Jesus suffered that darkness upon the cross of Calvary. Jesus suffered the agony of loneliness. Matthew 27, verse 46, Peter, James, and John, and all his friends had forsaken Jesus. He was alone in agony. Jesus suffered loneliness that I might have a constant companion, the Holy Spirit in me. I'm never alone. I tell people all the time, and they say to me, nobody loves me, nobody cares about me. And I said, oh, yes, they do. God loves you. John 3:16. he will never leave you. You know what? Since the day I got saved, the Bible says the Holy Spirit in my body, a person of the Holy Spirit in my body, and I'm never alone. Never alone. I think the saddest thing I see today is people that don't have friends. Lonely people. Listen, 
I am never long in sickness. I'm never alone in our death. I'm never in, alone in the valley of disappointment. I'm never alone in the belly of a battle of temptation. Jesus is a very present help in a time of trouble, the Bible says. Amen. Yet the rich man in hell suffered loneliness. There's none to cons- console him there. There's none to comfort him there. There's none to help him there. The rich man in hell suffered alone. Number six, Jesus suffered the agony of concern. In John 19:26, and might I say to you today, Jesus is concerned about you. Luke 16, verse 27, the rich man in hell suffered the agony of concern for the loved ones. I believe this with all my soul. You know one of the hardest things in hell that you'll suffer? You'll suffer this thing, my daddy, my mother, my brother, my aunt, my uncle, just like this man in hell. You know what he was concerned about? His five brothers. The hardest thing for me to do is to go deal with somebody that's of a, of a denomination that I know is not true to the Bible and they think that daddy and mama went to hell because they lived according to that religion. And I have to tell them the truth. If your mother and daddy is in hell... They sure don't want you to come there. Anybody that's in hell today does not want you there with them. You say, well, preacher, if I do what you're asking to do, my daddy, my brother, my husband, my aunt, my uncle, uh, I'll have to admit that they went to hell when they died because they didn't do this. Listen to me. It is better for you to get saved. And anybody in hell wants you saved today by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe one of the haunting things of all eternity to anybody that's in hell is, I could have gotten saved. Jesus suffered the agony of concern. So did the rich man that died and went to hell. Jesus suffered the agony of the second death. I'll read you a couple of verses. Listen to me now. In Hebrews chapter 2, we have just a minute with me. Hebrews chapter 2, look at verse 14 with me. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now I want you to watch this. Turn over with me, please, to Revelation now, chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, and I'll read you beginning in verse 11. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small, and great stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. Listen to me very carefully. Hell can't help me. Do you know that? 
I'm saved by the grace of God. This man has suffered. This man, the Bible says, a rich man and went to hell. He suffered the second death. I'm not worried about it. Listen to me. Jesus received the wrath of God that was placed upon His body upon that cross that I do not have to suffer the wrath of hell. I'm saved by the grace of God. Amen? Can I give you something? I'm going to close with this. Any person that will come to the Lord Jesus Christ, God's dear Son, and ask Him to save Him because of what He suffered, what He died, you see, we say all the time, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But I ask the question, what do you believe about Him? Did He live? That's not enough. Just to believe, everybody believes that. You must believe that Jesus died for a purpose. He came in this world and took on a body like a human being that the only perfect sacrifice for sin, He could do it. He could go to that cross. He could take your sins on His body. And that's what He died for. That's what you've got to put your faith in. i got to substitute. Either I'm going to have to suffer the pains of hell, but i got to substitute. My Lord Jesus suffered for me. Amen? I cannot suffer the sins for my wife. I cannot suffer sin for my children, my family. I cannot suffer the sin for nobody else, but Jesus can. And He did for you. Every sin that you've ever committed or ever will commit on the face of this earth, Jesus suffered on that cross for one reason, that you might be free from sin. That you can have eternal life. That takes a receiving. It's just like I've told people many a time, if you had cancer and dying, and I had the antidote, and I brought it to you and I said, here's an here's a antidote for your healing. Now you have a decision to make. Will you take the antidote or will you say, no, I don't believe it and not take it? You'll die in your cancer situation. Same way with God. God said, I have the antidote for your sin. And that's the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came in this world to die for your sins. Will you take it? Or will you say, I don't believe that? And reject it. What's the difference? The difference is eternal life. Stand by me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in these next few moments we'll be very serious about this matter. Everybody in here might be saved. But Lord... If that's the truth, then we all should be concerned about our loved ones like this man was. Everyone we come in contact with ought to be on our hearts and minds that we do not want them to suffer the pains of hell. We want them to have the same thing that we got, eternal life in Christ Jesus. But they have to make that decision for themselves. Nobody can make it for them. All we do is present it. And Father, I pray that somebody do that. While we got our heads bowed, while somebody's listening at this very moment, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing at this very moment, in your heart and soul, you can pray and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your shed blood. I need you to save my soul. And I ask you best I know how right now. Come into my life. 
save my soul. I plead your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Why we got our heads bowed and eyes closed? I wonder, is there somebody that never done that before? And you would raise your hand and say, Preacher, as best I know how right here and right now, I will ask Jesus to be my Savior. Can I see your hand while we wait for just a second? Anybody? God's good. Amen. Father, would you bless the invitation now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing something, please. Look right this way. Let's sing. While we wait, would you come? I'll meet you right here if you'd like to. Whatever the Lord's laid on your heart to do, do it as we sing, please. Page 40.